Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Hey everyone, I'm so pleased to be able to come to you online and also into the locations this this morning. Um, As you're aware, I'm actually uh, on holiday at the moment, so this is pre-recorded, but it's heartfelt. And I'm aware that we're just on the cusp of schools breaking up and people, you know, plotting out and hopefully getting away and having a few days breaks. And I just trust and pray that you'll have a really, really great summer break. In this summer series, what we like to try and do is just take the five weeks and just uh, position it around a particular point, an anchor point. And we just felt that it would be good for us to walk through a series that we call in summer in Galatia. Now, let me say, Galatia is actually Turkey. That's where it is. I'll come on to that in a moment. We're not about to transport you over to Turkey. Shucks, everybody said. (laughs) But what we want to do is go through the book of Galatia, the book of Galatians. It's a little book in the New Testament. And we want to explore a few key themes in this year of followership. Our word for the year is to follow. And Galatians has much to help us in this thought. Now, Galatians is nestled between 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. It's quite early on in the New Testament. And also the book of Ephesians, if you're trying to find it. Now, I may say, why this book and theme across the summer? Well, I think it was a really inspired thought. I hope so over the next you know, five weeks. Because it was principally written to people who were, quite frankly, in danger of losing their way. People were getting sidetracked. They were getting distracted. And I think it serves as a warning, as the Bible does, to us, and also an encouragement. Do I get a sense that across the locations, people are losing their way? No, not really, but it may be that that is applicable to you. Maybe that's distractions. You feel sidetracked. It may be that you've been experiencing incredible difficulties and let me bring you a word that I felt strongly a prophetic word to you this is the word keep going keep going don't quit don't turn back this is a word for you also in the uh, Galatians we see that false teachers were twisting the truth and we live in a season in a world where Truth is distorted and twisted. You know, the best way to maintain truth is knowing Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. There's no lies in Jesus Christ. If you are living in a lie, let me tell you that is orchestrated by Satan. He is the father of lies. And here, these people were having the truth distorted and they were hearing lies. So over the next few weeks, we're going to take you on a journey. We want to help you. We're going to take through the six chapters. I'm going to introduce it in a moment because we're going to address how we can continue to live in freedom, the difference between law and grace, how we can uh, do good to all. There's lots of key things that we're going to look at. So it's going to be a really, really good summer series. So if you are away, check us out online on Sunday. And uh, if you're not away, please make sure that you're in one of our locations. I'm sure it will be a blessing to you. So, summer in Galatia. 
Well, this book of Galatians, somebody once said, is spiritual dynamite. And it's therefore almost impossible to handle it without explosions. This book, when you read it, and I've done many times, will dig deep in your heart. Somebody once called Galatians has been called the Declaration of Independence of Christian Liberty. The great reformer Martin Luther especially loved this letter. In fact, he called Galatians his Catherine von Bora after his wife because he said, I am married to it. (laughs) Another theologian said this, Galatians is a passionate letter, the outpouring of the soul of a preacher on fire for his Lord and deeply committed to bringing his hearers to an understanding of what saving faith is. That is the theme of this book, Saving Faith. Now what I know about the Bible is the whole counsel of this book, the Bible, is to be cherished. But there are certain books that are a little more easily and readily used to impact our hearts and Honestly, I believe that Galatians is such a book for Arena Church at this time. So if I can practically encourage you, why don't you take a chapter each week and read it in readiness for the following week? And I really do believe it will be a blessing to you. So come on, let's launch off in just reading a few verses. And then I want to share two thoughts around these verses. Let's go to Galatians and chapter 1 and verses 1. And two, it reads, Paul, an apostle, sent not from men, nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers and sisters with me, to the churches in Galatia. If I was going to give you another title underneath this, it would be something like this. I would encourage you to stay focused. Another way of putting it is this, you snooze, you lose. <laughs> I often say that in our, in our family, you snooze, you lose. If you lay in bed all day, you'll end up losing. And this book really challenges me in this because we see clearly that we need to stay focused. So the first thing I want to say is this, when we was reading this, it says this, Paul, an apostle. The first point is this, God wants to use a person. Paul happens to be the person that God is using and he identifies himself as an apostle. Paul is a fascinating man of the New Testament. He was second and most important and influential man of the New Testament and he's second only to Jesus himself. If you want to read a little bit more about him, I'd encourage you to get this book by Charles Swindle called Paul, A Man of Grace and Grit. It's a great read. Paul, this apostle who wrote the book of Galatians, was often referred to as a servant. He was sometimes called a slave, an apostle, a leader. Some called him a pioneer, a missionary. And why they used all these phrases was because he blazed a trail into the known Roman conquering world. And he was carrying the good news message of Jesus Christ, not to Jews, but to Gentiles. People who were non-Jew, like you and I, most of us are non-Jew. Now, what's interesting is Paul, if you don't know this, he was a Jew. 
And he was a chief Jew. He'd been trained by some significant rabbis. But what had happened in his life, he had become a persecutor of the Christian faith. And as a result of that, he had, on his way to persecute the church, he was on the road to Damascus, and he had a dramatic vision, experience of seeing Jesus Christ. He came face to face with Jesus, and his life and heart were changed forever. He was by birthright and practice a meticulous, law-keeping Jew. He was fervent. He was disciplined. He was determined in the law. The law was all that mattered. Do's and don'ts. And anybody who went beyond that, oh, they needed to be dealt with. And what happened was, Paul was thrown off his horse on the road to Damascus. Let me say it this way. God, Jesus, crashed over his heart and life with the overwhelming and relentless waves of grace. I don't know if we've ever been in the sea. We've been taken by a wave. This is what happened to Paul. And as a result of it, the trajectory and purpose of this man who was once a meticulous lawkeeper has now been framed into a life of proclaiming a different message because of the salvation that he's now come to terms with through Jesus Christ. And now all he wants to do is talk about the message of grace, the God's mercy that's extended to this earth. And God actually set him on a course, Ananias in Acts chapter 9, if you want to read the account, and says to him, through a prophetic word, this is my chosen instrument. You're going to go to kings and queens and you're going to go across the earth announcing the good news of Jesus Christ. He was called to be an apostle, a pioneer, a delegate to the early church. I say all this because God always uses a person. Now you may say, how oh, can I be like Paul? He was unique. Yes, he was, but so are you. Let me make this point. Apply this to yourself now. God wants to use you. You're a person. He looks for people. He chooses the unlikely. Paul was one of the most unlikeliest guys that God would use. But he used it. He knows that we lack confidence. He knows that we're not all supremely gifted. But I'll tell you, he chooses the weak things of this world for unique and special purposes. And he gives us a specific task and let me say, this is true of every one of you. God has called you. God has uniquely positioned you. If you have been crashed by the waves of grace, then you are a prime candidate for God to use you. And God wants to use you to bless the earth. He wants your gifts to be used in the body of Christ. Yes, you have different roles and responsibilities. Some have influence and some have prominence, like Paul. But we all can give what we are. But let me say, Paul was prominent and had influence and we should honour this prominent position. It's interesting he used the phrase, Paul the Apostle. One person says this, he does so because the bluntness of Paul's denial is due to the charge. You see, what was happening, these false teachers in Galatians was saying that Paul was not a genuine apostle because he was not one of the twelve. But this 
emphasis on Paul's apostolic credentials is so important. And Paul had strong words for the Galatians. And they needed to understand that he wrote with authority, indeed apostolic authority. We need to be careful in the church that we too don't despise the gifts that God has given to us. We can disregard and ignore the gifts of influence and leadership. You know, we can be quick to pull down the leaders in the church. Now, you may say, of course, you're going to say this, Christian. You're the lead pastor. It's self-serving. But please, humbly, I come to you today. I'm not trying to be self-serving. I'm trying to lay in a principle of honour. Paul was doing the same in the church of, uh, of Galatia. Paul, an apostle. We need to honour the pastors and the leaders that God has placed amongst us. We don't be quick to pull down and dismiss you know, we have a, a tall uh, poppy syndrome in Western culture, which basically means anybody who, who rises to any kind of significance or prominence, we want to pull them down. And I want to say the church needs to be different. We need to speak well of, we need to encourage, we need to honour the leaders that God has placed amongst us. Are you honouring the campus pastors? Do you honour the senior leadership team? Do you say thank you to the board for all that we're doing, to be part of this family that makes it work? We need to be respectful and loving. Sure, there's times when we can have disagreement, but let's not be disagreeable. Too many times I've had people in church who've said, no, I've got, I want to say my piece. I have no problem saying with the piece as long as it's done respectfully and honouring. We need to be people that understand that God has placed different people in responsibility and leadership within the church. And Paul was saying, I am I'm an apostle. He understand that God uses a person. And unfortunately, Galatians were getting caught up with false teachers. As I've said, they, they were hearing things that Paul was just not saying. And they were being diverted and they were being distracted. And again, I want to say, it's very, we need to be very careful in this day. You know, don't, don't wander from this book. I don't care what even a good preacher has to say. If it's not in this book, do not listen to it. We need to be people who don't live by the internet and Google and what Alexa has to say. We need to live by what the Bible has to say. And this is what Paul was addressing, these false teachers. They were teaching stuff that was deviating and causing people to wander from the truth. And people were then beginning to do what was right in their own eyes. Now, Paul may have not been one of the founding disciples, but God had caused him and raised him up in this time to be the person that God wanted to use. Paul was simply stating confidently his call. Before I go to the second point and drawing it to a close, this was not from men or through man that he was called, but this is through Jesus Christ and God the Father. And you too have been called by Jesus Paul's calling was as an apostle. It wasn't given to him from man. It didn't originate with man. And it didn't come through man. His standing as an apostle was not based on the opinion polls. And it did not come as a result of human counsel. It was based on divine call through Jesus Christ. And this is how every leader pastor, apostle, prophet and evangelist should come. Can I speak to the locations, those who have leadership here? We have been called of God. 
Every one of us are. But there are some that God has specifically called. And we should honour them, honour them as such. So God calls a person. But secondly, God speaks to a place. Because Paul then went on to say to the churches in Galatia. Now I've already said Galatia is in this uh, place, modern day Turkey. Some of you would say, oh, I'd love to be there now. Well, great. Paul was a prolific traveller. He'd been on a number of missionary journeys. And this wasn't written to a single city like uh, the Thessalonica, the church at Thessalonica, there was just one. This was the churches in Galatia. This was related to a cluster of churches, probably similar to like an, an arena church, cluster of churches. Galatia was a region and God was speaking to a place. God always wants to speak to a place. God spoke to Nineveh through the prophet Jonah. God brought his deliverance into towns and into cities as we read in the Bible. God loves towns, he loves cities, he loves villages, he loves hamlets, he loves housing estates, he loves apartment blocks. Why? Because he loves the people in them. And God wants to speak to a place. This was what passionately burned within me as I was preparing this. The Bible says, for God so loved the world. And we sing that song, for God so loved the world. There's there's a few lines in there, and you know what I'm like for getting words wrong. But he encourages all those who are broken, all those who are addicted to come to the cross. And he says, Jesus is waiting for you. Can I say this? God is waiting for a people to arise who will go to a place and announce that he is alive And that he is wanting to do great things in their hearts. Paul carried this forgiveness, this grace-filled message of Jesus Christ to the region of Galatia. But our challenge, Arena, is to carry this message to a place. To Ilkeston and Mansfield and Nottingham and Belper and Toulouse and into our region and wherever God calls us. I honestly believe that God is speaking to every one of us to do what we can, wherever we are, to be a conduit of blessing, to be a mouthpiece of guidance, to be a megaphone of warning to every community that we live and worship in. May we not be silent, may we not be hidden, may we not be quiet on our streets. May we go to the places that God sends us to And I honestly believe that God is wanting in this introductory series to say to us, God has called you, God as a man, or God as a woman, God as a person, and God as a place. And I honestly want you in this summer series not to ease back. You can rest and relax, that's fine. But I believe it's ready for what God is wanting to do as we move forward into autumn and winter and into spring of 2023. Can I encourage you to get yourselves ready? An old-fashioned phrase, gird up your loins, prepare yourselves to go. You may say, where should we go? To our locations. But there may be more locations that God is walking us into. Very quick story. We've been having a regular breakfast on the day that I have off with family and with people. 
we're trying to go to the same places so we can influence them. One guy, I won't say where it was, in what place it was, but, uh, you know, he was carrying some burdens and that came out in the conversation. And it just so happened that uh, I was with my son-in-law, Jonathan, and we knew we could help him with something. And there was a book that he could be helped with. And Jonathan uh, said to this man, I've ordered this book for you. Can I have your address? I'll get it sent to you via Amazon. And we just left them a nice tip and we used the Umata cards as a blessing. It's interesting, we've gone back since then. This guy's looking so much better. He's looking so much fitter, so much healthier. He said, the books really helped me. Now you may say, well, what difference has that made? It's made a difference in this man's life. And by the way, every time we see him, we always get a nice table. He always looks after us. He always makes sure we're okay. There's something that's happening there. Why? Because we just simply want to go. God has a place for us to go to. And as we walk the streets and as we open our eyes, we will see the needs around us. Can I just leave you this thought really quickly? Because when I was thinking through this, and this is to really draw it all to a close, that God has a plan, that God has a place, that God has a person. I want to read some verses very quickly. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 19 to 23. Some of my favorite verses. Again, it's written by Paul, but this is to the church at Corinth. He says this, Even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people. Religious, non-religious, meticulous, moralists, loose living, immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did all of this because of the message. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. Can I repeat myself? God has a plan. It's salvation. God has a place wherever he's sending you. And God has a person. It's you and me. And we need to wake up, we need to stop snoozing, we need to get dressed and we need to get ready. And I want to encourage you quickly, all I'm going to give you is these five quick things. I want to encourage you to serve all the people you can. Secondly, to stay true to God's word. You're going to see this running through this series. Three, to seize the openings that are before you. Number four, to speak the message of Jesus and his love and his finished work. And five, share love to those in your world. I honestly believe summer in Galatia is going to be very impactful for us all. And it's going to stir us on in the quest of loving Jesus more deeply and loving our world in a greater way and making a difference in this world. I look forward to seeing you real soon. I want to pray for you. I want to pray God's blessing on you. I want to pray that if you don't know the Lord, you will pray this prayer. I wonder if you'd bow your heads with me for a moment. Close your eyes. Maybe that you need Jesus to come into your life like Paul, an experience of God. Maybe you've had an encounter of the wave of God just crashing over you while I've been speaking or in the service. Just reach out in this moment and ask Jesus to come into your life. Jesus, I pray that you would save people. I pray in this moment 
that you would touch people's lives. If this is true of you, while every eye is closed, just lift your hands where you are. Say, yes, I want to receive Jesus. And Lord, these people whose hands are lifted to you, I pray that you would come into their lives. I pray that you would save them. I pray that your amazing grace would touch their lives and would change them. Thank you for the beginning of their faith journey. I pray you do a deep work in every life. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer, I'd encourage you to talk to one of the guys at your location or contact the officers if you're online. This is the beginning of your journey. May we continue to walk forward. May we continue to know that we are called. May we continue to know that we are called to places and go and serve and make a difference in Jesus' name. As always, guys, I love you. I'm praying for you. And I believe in you. God bless you.